Hello and welcome to another episode of Triathlonology. I'm Jackie Saxon. And I'm Oliver Saxon and together we are the coaches at Team Manimics and the hosts of Triathlonology. In this episode, we're going to have a chat about our experience at the Barcelona 10K on New Year's Eve and our trip to Portugal. In January. In January to Recky, um our first ever swim retreat and our triathlon retreats for in April towards Easter time. We'll start with the uh, Barcelona 10K. Well, we've been going to Barcelona uh, for the 10K since 2012 or 11? 2011. And we've only had a, um, a couple of times where we've not been because a, one year I got, I was just recovering from my ACL and, and COVID. Best of the time we've gone every year because we absolutely love it. Probably the three of the events since 2011. It is a fabulous race. I mean, it's in, it's increased in size no end to when we first started. I mean, Barcelona itself is a beautiful city. Absolutely beautiful. If you've never been, it's got to be on your bucket list to go. But every New Year's Eve, they put on uh, a Cursa del Nassos. Yeah, the Cursa del Nassos, yeah. yeah. Which means the course of the nose because how the course is shaped is it looks like a nose. And um, that's a thing because the reason why they have it on New Year's Eve is that that's the celebration of St. Silvestre, yep. who is the patron saint of running, and everybody wears a big nose to reflect this, whether I don't know whether St. Silvestre had a big nose, but you know people run the event with plastic noses on when they're doing it. So if you can, if you actually look that up and you find out the answer, do let us know because it's something we probably should have looked up over the last decade, but we never have. We always go a few days before just to take in the sights and what have you. We have a, our traditional, what we call our Animist Christmas party at the Bar Clemens in... Lango Quare Barking, just off the Rambley. Which is absolutely, it's a tapas bar, it's absolutely amazing and it's just a great way to start your new year. But let's get on to the race. So, it's very, very inexpensive. Yeah. 20. It costs 15 euros to enter, including the hiring of a race chip, which is nominally 2 euros. So, let's say 12 quid in total to enter. And you get a quality long-sleeved T-shirt. This year it was made by Adidas, and it is really, really good quality. And there's a goodie bag at the end. But which usually contains beer. Yeah, I've got free beer um, from the local Australia Down Brewery and a host of Spanish goodies that I'm not entirely sure what they are and um, or what they're supposed to taste like. But you know, they're, when you finish the race and you open it, they're all very nice and gratefully received. Yeah. Well, we first started doing it in 2011. I mean, there wasn't, as we've said before, it certainly wasn't as big as it is now. I would say probably about five or 6,000 people were doing it. Oh, we're going to say less than that. I mean, we could, we could double check this by looking at the results as online. I'm sure it was, it was maybe about five or 6,000. It certainly wasn't. It doesn't go back all the way around the corner like it does now. No. Whereas when we did it, on this on 2020 
tools New Year's Eve, there was over 10,000 people doing it. Including some really famous people, famous athletes. But before the previous editions, there have had not necessarily runners take part who are famous, but I know Alberto Contador has done it mm-hmm. on a couple of occasions. But this year, they didn't do the 10K, but they, at the same time as they got the there were famous people. There were famous athletes doing the team. Oh, yeah. yeah, there were. Not, but not the, not the most famous athletes. Yes, yeah. They have a 10K event that is available for some elite races to do, but also for the masses to take part. As I said, there's probably over 10,000 of those. And then after the 10K has finished, on the second half of the 10K course, there is an international five kilometre event. And this year, there were the Inga Brightson brothers all took part. They were trying to beat the 5K world record. They actually stayed at the hotel and we were staying at somewhat fortuitous like for us. Um, although we didn't see much of Jakob, we saw both of his brothers and in fact they had tea next to us one night in the restaurant around the corner, didn't they? Yeah. I'm... When I saw one of them eating chips, oh, well, it makes me feel less bad about it. Yeah, yeah, we both thought that, yeah. Yeah. Well... Let's get back to the race. So we were really, really looking forward to it. I was, this is going to be, I'd not run because I've been uh, injured for so long. This is going to be like a run-walk attempt for me. And I was really, really looking forward to it. But the morning of the race. It was our first competitive event. Yeah, yeah since COVID because we'd not really done anything competitive, have we? Well, we did the great run yeah. 2021. Neither of us were allowed to run, so we had to walk around, which we will have covered on a previous episode. Um, so this was our first attempt a competitive race since September 2019 when we did love triathlon. And the morning of the race, I can't believe, I can't believe I'm even telling you this, but um, I was sat in the foyer waiting for Oliver and his wife to um, come down so that we could go out for breakfast. And I looked up and felt my back. Well, I can't explain to you the pain evolved but I knew I was in serious trouble and I thought I was going to end up in Spanish A&E and I must have looked as if I were in pain because my husband asked me if I were all right so you know that must I must have really really looked in pain so my back had gone into a spasm now I managed to get upright and walking a, a, a bit and try and free it off but there was no way that I was going to be able to do um, a 10k race I might have done it if we were in the UK, because... We even tried some cat therapy. Yeah, we did cat, yeah, but... To try and see if that had relieved. We went to a cat cafe, but that man now did it. Well, it didn't fix the problem that you already had. No. And I thought, well, if, if it had been in, in England, I may have had a go, because I could have walked, and if I wanted to pull... I knew, I, I knew if I wanted to pull out, I would have been able to communicate to people in my own language that I was, you know, can you take me out sweet bush, bush or, or whatever? And it just wasn't worth it. So I decided not to do it. It's worth bearing in mind here that, and this is a bit of a niche reference for people, but I speak reasonable Spanish. But for the most of the time we was there, I was pretty much the equivalent of don't speak English from Blackadder. <laughs> where the language translate from English to Spanish and then speak Spanish to people and because I wouldn't have been running with one, I certainly wouldn't have been there to help the like, translate what would have been happening then. So I thought, well, let's be safe because it's a long season and I just 
I'll, I thought I'll be a spectator. So um, my husband, Fred, and Oliver lined up at the um, the start line. And honestly, even I was amazed about how big the race had become. Because last time I went, although the race went down the the the, the big, for want of a bit less, boulevard, yet yeah, quite considerable distance. This time it went round a corner and I'm thinking, how, how long is it... How long is it going to be? So Jess and I stood at the the start line, which was also the finish line, and muscled his way into the onto the barriers so that we could get a good view. And the race was started by. I'm not entirely certain because it's difficult to understand Spanish when they're speaking really quick, and it's yeah, totally Catalan. I can't read the lips while they're talking. But when he was over a loudspeaker, I was probably like five hundred meters away from where they were, what was actually happening. I think the race was started by the fellow who took part for Spain in the Barcelona Olympics at archery because he fired an arrow from one side of the finishing gantry to the other and that set a flame off and that got everybody going on the bus. Well, it took... People seemed to know who he was because they all cheered. Yeah. Wait, Jess and I got no clue whatsoever. Anyway, we were waiting. We kept thinking, oh, when are they going to go? It took more than... I would say about 18 minutes from the start of the race for Oliver and Fred to pass us. And um, I went, all sorts of people are running. Like if you've, if you've done a, a 10K race, it's all shapes and sizes, all fitnesses, people with buggies, running with their kids. People running with a dog. Yeah, with a dog, yeah. With a, a boom box on wheels. Yeah. Dressed up as a robot. Yeah. A robot rabbit. And pulling somebody around. We get that. I think that must have been for charity, but again, that some things get lost in translation, don't they? But I stand next to Dad, and I think he wanted me to walk with him. And while we're going to do it, because as I said, this is the first time that I'd done a competitive event since 2019. So although I knew I wouldn't be as fast as I normally am, because I'm still getting back into fitness and what have you. I wanted to do it under my own steam and not be responsible but, for anybody else. Yeah, I would not have. I, you know, your dad's always said walk with me and then runs off. So, like, we don't trust him. So, yeah. So, I set off and I just did my own little thing. I did look at the watch, turned it the other way around so I couldn't see how fast I was going. And I just ran to each kilometre mark. Then, you know, dodging and weaving around people and dogs and picking quickly up. Picking people off, which actually felt, I know this sounds really horrible, but it felt really good because it made me realise that I wasn't as bad as I thought I was in my head and actually I was pretty all right. I think we ought to also say this race starts at 5.30, just as the sun is going down. You run across, ring down a boulevard for the first nearly three kilometres mm. that is adjacent to the sea. So you run pretty much along the beach effectively yeah. although not, you, not on the beach it's the other side of a yeah. dual carriageway but you run down this road you can see the sun setting over the sea and over the sun mm. and behind the famous landmarks in the Barcelona Barcelona to yeah 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 and then you pull and when you get to the end of Barcelona to where the Columbus statue is you then peel a ride and run back into the city and you can see Sagana Familia. Yeah, all lit up in front of you at the top of the hill, for the, for the Diagonal 
Um, which is really nice because you get to see plants loaded by night, really, when you wouldn't ordinarily see some of the sites yeah. like you do see. And it's a very well-supported race. While it is well-supported, it is com- it is not like any 10K you would ever see in the UK. In the UK. So there are very few barriers on the course. At regular intervals, people will cross the road in front of you to get to the... Because there's very few marshals. Some, some of them are on their bike and they just ride out in front of you to cross the road. Sometimes they get a bit of it. Well, I give people a bit of treatment when they do that because they think they can see me coming. You should be able to time your crossing better. But that all feeds into why it's... 15 euros. 15 euros because they haven't got to barrier off every corner of the, every single yard of the course. They haven't got to marshal every single turn in our court. And although there are marshals on the course, there are lots of them. And yeah. police help as well. Yeah, police help, yeah. They, and... We said afterwards that it does make you wonder whether we've got it right in the UK because in that race, there's 10,000 people doing it. There's elite athletes doing it. And there's still, um, there's only, there's nowhere near the amount of crowd control as there is a UK event. Nowhere near. No. And the cost is according, right? Yeah. Like, I think the old road event, yes, 15 euros. And you get a quality. Long sleeved t shirt, and also I may appreciate it'll be Spencer Flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are well, we've done big city events yeah. in the UK, like the London 10K, which yeah. has been sponsored by Boomer, yeah, yeah, Vitality, and what have you. That was a bit really, there were barriers all the way along. Yeah, so you can't, there is no way that you would be able to do Barcelona 10K. In the UK, as it is, it just will get past E SAG. Risk assessment or anything. Or anything like that. But it became an interesting topic for us because we thought, well, why is it any more dangerous to your app? Do they, so far as we're aware, nobody reports being injured or running a spectator down no. or anything like that. Um, it happens literally every year. There's no changes to it. It just goes through and everybody gets up today. Um, Maybe it's, it's probably just a more relaxed attitude towards doing things, but equally, if that helps them keep the cost down and get you know over 10,000 people participating on New Year's Eve doing an event, and it's one of the many events that Barcelona put on visit so yeah. through the year, then perhaps that's something that we could learn from. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that we did say is that the finish line, after you've finished, it does all go a bit to pop then because it's like a free-for-all. Yeah, in terms of getting your goodie bag and your T-shirt. Not your T-shirt. You've that before this year, but your goodie bag and all that kind of stuff is a bit... It's organised to an extent, but not to the point where you're actually picking up the goodie bag. So, being hypercritical, that could have been better. And certainly if you apply some of the finished... Funnels. Funnels that we've experienced in great in great run events. Yeah. That would be that would be very Yeah. But it's a it's a fab if you ever want to do a foreign 10k, Barcelona's got to be top of your list. Yeah. It's really honestly it's really relaxed and although and relatively low key. Mm. People have their type of good time. Yeah, and people bring it with dogs and all sorts. It's not also, I was because I've never stood up. Obviously, I've always competed before. I've never um, 
stood on the finish line, I was amazed by how many kids, like, uh, as they were, like, with 50 yards to go or whatever, people passed person's little little one over the barrier and they ran to the line with it with them holding their hands and I thought I've never seen that a race in England never and, and that's in that scale and honestly I that I found that really inspirational because the little kids loved it everybody were cheering and I thought sometimes we're a bit too up ourselves in England I think yeah there's there's a lot of I mean safety first is yeah and safety first rather than participant mm. Enjoy your and inspiration yeah. first, mm. which is definitely the way around at that event. I mean, mm. we can't say that we've done any other events abroad, like in Barcelona or anything. No. But we hope to do a 5K Valencia next New Year's Eve for a change, so we'll let you know what that's like. Yeah, because we're going to have a change because we've done, I think we've done, it's not that Oliver and I want to change. It's that our other arms want to change. Yeah, they, they're fed up with going to Barcelona and seeing the same things. I mean, I don't know why, because as we said, it's a beautiful city and you can just, uh, I could happily spend weeks there and just pottering about and sitting in a cafe reading the bed. Shall we tell them about when we went to Girona? Yes. So, ordinarily, while we're there, we usually do stuff to fill the time before, we, you know, touristy things. And, and we hadn't been to Girona and all the times that we were there despite it being a somewhat of a triangle cycling becker. So we decided this year that we would go and we got the train, which was an experience itself. Um, a good experience. A good experience. Again, very different uh, and much more uptight than how you get the train yes. into city in the UK, which was something we hadn't appreciated. Yeah, we had to go through security barriers and blinking metal thingies and having those bags go through security and everything. But if it makes them feel safe, whatever. And when we got to Girona on the train and got a taxi into the city centre, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We wound around the historical part of it, the Game of Thrones Cathedral, and they found the city wall and had a walk around on the top of that. Mm-hmm. And then... But what we really went for, yes. this is, and this is what Oliver and I went for, unbeknown to... Jess and Fred, we wanted to go to Jan Fredino's cafe. cafe. So we, we we had to like do a bit of touristy things first before we dare say, well, we'll go to this cafe. Yeah. And we sort of like stumbled upon the cafe accidentally, but we weren't, there were no accidents about it. We, we knew where we were going. And we went in and had a really nice brunch, didn't we? Yeah, it was really it was nice. And then while Jess and my dad were there, Having a coffee, we decided to go and have a look in the gift shop. Mate. Where his bike, his um, world record, well, no, his world championship bike was hung up on fishing wire from the ceiling. Two bits of fishing wire. Two bits of fishing wire. Now, as a balloon artist, I know about suspending things. That bike weighed next to nothing. But it's absolutely a phenomenal bit of equipment, isn't it? Yeah, we just chatting to the fella who was running the gift shop that day, and we bought um, for a disabled cappuccino cup and so on. So we just did yeah, it. we did. And I also bought a razor headband, which I then wore it um, because I always wear a headband when I'm running off site and to keep sweat from my eyes. And I wore it at the um, 10K the next day. 
and it is the best headband I have ever worn in my life. It is comfortable, it feels nice when you've got it on, and it does not let a bead of sweat get past where it is. You're just you're not overwhelmed and it ends up in your eyes or anything like that. I highly recommend it. So, but we really enjoyed the trip. And we enjoyed the brunch there as well. Yeah. Really yeah. So, back to where we are. So, we've done Barcelona and we've done Girona and all that sort of thing. So, a few days later, we went back on our travels to Portugal. Yeah. We, yeah, we decided to, as we always do, go to Villabora Catalia and scope out and see if anything's changed in the last eight, nine months since we were there. Say hello to all our own acquaintances and friends and people we know so that they can start putting fingers out for us about the various things that we've got on if we get them booked in for when we need them to fetch us from the airport or whatever it might be. And go to the pool and sort out times and all that sort of thing. What was different this time? To when we went last year. When we went last year was, it was so full of life. This is because in 2021, when we went, Portugal would literally come out of a firebreaker lockdown for COVID in the Christmas period, and all the and those were all all the businesses were closed. There wasn't anything Christmassy out. All it got was was uh, lights on the the promenade, but there were no other Christmassy decorations. No, we didn't even see a Christmas tree, did we? No, businesses were closed, and um, not many people on the street walking about. And so when we went this year, and there were all the little, well, there was a kid's ice rink out with the promenade, and it fell in Christmas. A, a grotto bit, and teeming with people. people. All the businesses open that weren't last year, all the little cafes and restaurants all open at the sea for in the town. Yeah, kids playing on the beach, riding the bikes, on the skateboards. It was fantastic to see. It was, in fact, there was probably more life in January that we saw than when we went last March. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Treat last March, so yeah. To see that was a real boost because it makes you realise that things are starting to get back to normal. Yeah. And that we can sort of carry on. And look forward, yeah. Look forward to doing yeah. things and picking things up again. And we know from speaking to people who were working in Villamora who we know that they were absolutely stunked out, weren't they, from... Yeah. April to October, which is great. Yeah. So we're really looking forward to going back in February, yeah. in a few weeks for our super retreat, and then for our triathlon retreat over the Easter holidays, mm. when we'll be there for two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, and the weather was really good. Yeah, 20 degrees. Yeah, nice and sunny. Um, So it did both of us really, you know, a lot of good to get a bit of sun, a bit of warmth. And to meet up with people and see life. We get all our planning done so that we're all ready to open our swimming our pants for all the everything that we've got for you. So I think that's about it for today, Oliver. Yeah, if you'd like to know more about any of the retreats that we've got for you, you can check out the show notes and have a look at our website where everything will be there. But we'll be back for another episode next week. Until then, I'll see you there.